If you're an American conservative, you know that the societal values we hold sacred are under attack. They are hanging in the balance. How can you protect those values? By staying informed. The closing argument will deliver news and supporting evidence you need to support and defend those values. Here's Paul Smith. Good morning. This is Paul Smith, your host of The Closing Argument. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the important but controversial moral, political, and legal issues that affect us and our families today. Some of the things we discuss are not politically correct, and this could offend some listeners, but we need to discuss them. These are important issues, and they affect our liberties, and uh, they're important to help us establish principles that really are true. Today, I have with me my friend Rodney from New Windsor, and we're going to do part two of a discussion we started on the last program, talking about the serious economical damage caused by fanatical climate change policies. So um, how are you doing today, Rodney? I'm doing pretty good so far. (laughs) So far. Well, you know, uh, we are facing serious economic problems today. This is early July 2022, and many of them have been caused by some of uh, Joe Biden's policies that he was able to enact. Thank goodness the, the Build Back Better plan, the full version of it, as well as all parts of the Green New Deal, were not enacted by Congress. Thank goodness that Joe Manchin uh, from West Virginia uh, disagreed with some of the Democrat proposals or or things would be worse because we would have passed more giveaways, increasing the national debt. And, And the higher our national debt is, the more we have to borrow from China and other countries, the more this causes uh, inflation and and causes economic problems. So thank goodness it isn't as bad as it could be. It dilutes our money. Exactly. I mean, we can see that already just with the prices in a very f- short time, but we now have to pay for essentials as far as food and fuel and everything already. I mean, it's very so, clear. So, right. So again, the picture of where we are today, where we have gas prices that are over $5 a gallon for regular gas around the country, higher in many places, and all all products being more expensive is causing economic hardship for many people, especially the poorer people who can't absorb these increases as much. Absolutely, because if you look at, let's take the low end of the economic scale, the people down at minimum wage. When you look at minimum wage after they take out their health insurance and and taxes and so forth, a lot of people have to work almost a half a week to fill up their gas tanks to be able to get to work. And that's creating a major problem for these people because they can't afford to be spending that much money on the necessities to get to and from their jobs. Right. So uh, the the point of our discussions, this this, uh, podcast and the previous one, is we wanted to draw attention to the fact that much of these problems uh, of this this current economic situation has been brought about by these, these policies that are driven by the climate change fanatics that believe that human, the human use of fossil fuels is going to cause catastrophic climate change, if not stopped very soon. And uh, in many of our other podcasts, we point out that the science does not support that, that science refutes much of that, and that the best they could say is that nobody knows. 
But to say that it's been proven uh, and that there's a consensus of most scientists or 97% is just totally false. Um, so what I would like to see, which I have not seen, is a debate about the science. And uh, for those who want to get up to date on that, I would refer to my book, The Climate Change Hoax Argument. You can go to my website, www.cpaulsmith.com. You can get a copy. It's not that expensive. And this will, it is a good, concise uh, book to help you understand where we are. And at some point, the truth is going to catch up. And at some point, we are going to abandon some of these extremist policies because they're just, as Roy Innes says, and, and we're going to talk about Roy in a minute, he points out, look, right now, when he said this, this was 2008, he says, right now, the United States gets uh, 85% of its energy from fossil fuels. So if we would cut off the fossil fuels right away, it would it would be devastating. We and we and even if you would substantially cut it off, like eliminate half of your fossil fuels, it would still be devastating. And he says we don't have an alternative. And so here based on a on a premise that is false and has not been proven, we are doing undertaking policies that we know will be extremely difficult and cause damage, and we are now experiencing that damage. But it should be common sense, Paul, because when you look at it, the people say they're that are pushing this, there are certain things you can't close down. All the farming, all of that heavy equipment, the trucks, everything, they can't be electric. They have to run on fossil fuels. So if you eliminate fossil fuels, if you would actually, if the Republicans or the conservatives would change and say, okay, we're going to go tomorrow morning, we're going to go clean energy, we'd be out of business within a week because there's things that absolutely cannot exist without fossil fuels. So we've never heard, if these guys were serious and if it were true, they at least should have articulated a plan of how we're going to do it and tell, tell us what is the harm you're going to experience. And, of course, we've heard none of that. And I would say if they claim that 97% of the scientists agree with them, there's millions of scientists in the world, I would say, then get some committee. I would like to see a list of a thousand of these scientists well, and their credentials. Actually, we have another program where we go into that. And that is a, that is just as phony as the Of course, the because they, they can't itself. do it. They, they claim these numbers. It's absolutely. And it's based knowledge. on no knowledge. I can tell you that already. They have no clue what, what the numbers are. Now, in one of our other discussions, other podcasts, we talked about this, this one uh, problem, and that is that the cost of eliminating or significantly reducing the burning of fossil fuels would cause great economic damage and unnecessary deaths and health problems. I want to go into that a little bit more today with some, some quotes from some of the scientists who talked about this. Uh, so here, the first one I've got is from Dr. Roy Spencer. He said that, that implementing the green policies, he says this, will destroy wealth increase the price of virtually everything and drive industries overseas where they can pollute even more, substantially grow government and greatly restrict personal freedoms. That is true. He said that in, in 2010, and we're now seeing it today. Well, we're absolutely seeing it. Look where most of our drugs come from now. They come from China, which is actually an enemy of ours. I'm really not sure what we would do if we actually got into a war with 
People's Republic of China because we buy so much stuff from them. I mean, you go to the dollar stores, some of the stuff in the dollar stores in this country, you couldn't even buy the basic materials to make those items for what they sell them for. I can buy a nightlight that has a solar cell, a sensor, and then dollar store for a dollar. I couldn't even buy the resources to make that. Yeah. Up here. So here's a quote from uh, another, uh, another, and he's a scientist, a PhD. He says the uh, Sangsters is named the cost of the U.S. rapidly shutting down the burning of fossil fuels would be trillions of dollars. The impact on poor developing nations is nothing short of genocide with millions of premature deaths resulting from the lack of affordable energy. And in my book, one of the things we go into is that that uh, this nation led by Barack Obama refused to support financially and otherwise the building of uh, coal burning power plants in some of these developing nations because of of his concern over the climate uh, impact. So so for this concern, which isn't legitimate, he's denying these poor nations the electricity they need for for refrigeration and and electricity and other things that that help save lives. Yep. Well this country is almost 250 years old and it has been because of we've been blessed with all of these natural resources that we have gone from being a colony of Great Britain to the greatest industrial and military power, everything in the world. And we are a very benevolent military power. I don't know of any other military power in history where all of its previous foes are now our allies. Yeah. We have been a blessing to the world and the world pretty much knows it. That's why people are willing to do whatever it takes to come here. And if we destroy that, it will stop them from coming here. Let me uh, mention another statement by Roy Spencer. He he said this, uh, again, this is from 2010, penalizing the use of our most inexpensive energy sources will destroy wealth and will lead to starvation for many of the world's malnourished. Millions more will become susceptible to foodborne illness if they can no longer afford refrigeration. Interesting thought. And economist Bjorn Lomberg said that the cost-benefit, I'm quoting, cost-benefit trade-off of the trillions of dollars to accomplish minuscule CO2 reduction presents a moral dilemma because of, and that's what we're living with now. These, again, these green policies, which are not proven by science, which have actually been disproved by some science, the implementing them is causing serious economic problems. Well, here I would ask one question that I would like the audience to think of. What would you think if we could eliminate all CO2 tomorrow? Because I can tell you, if we eliminated all CO2 tomorrow within a week, none of us would be here because of the infinite plan. All plant life needs CO2. It generates oxygen in replace of that. We generate the CO2. We now have more trees and things in this country than we did when it was founded because it was basically grasslands and plains because the Industrial Revolution hadn't been in. We didn't have the population. They lie about it, claiming we have less trees now. 
it's very well known. We have more trees than we've ever had. California has an estimated 27 million trees. That's why when they get a fire, it's catastrophic because nobody's using that resource. It's just rotting away. Well, you know, we had another podcast where we specifically went into CO2 for quite some time. And uh, I would encourage the listeners to listen to that because just as you say, it is essential for life. The current increases in CO2 are actually increasing plant yield are very good for us. So the, the, the fear that some have of that increased CO2 is going to hurt us is really not justified scientifically. So um, to s- sum up this, I wanted to mention those quotes from my book because, uh, and I want to mention just a couple of more because Roy Innes was a, a pretty well-known, uh, you call him a civil rights activist, but he was very concerned about the move that was afoot to uh, to adopt these green energy policies, and he warned that it was going to hurt the poor and and the minorities, and and he's been absolutely right. He's right on the top. He's right and on. He he said a couple of things I want to mention. He says before I make huge personal sacrifices and surrender my energy and economic civil rights, before this I ask you, I want real demonstrable replicable scientific evidence. I want proof that this is true. Well, he, no, that proof is not there. The proof is actually to the contrary. Good for him. He, Amen to that. And so he took Obama on on this. He said, you know, our, what is it being in jeopardy here is our, our rights and our energy. He says, our planet is not in danger, but your energy and your economic rights certainly are. He argued that adaptation would be far less expensive and can be targeted to where it is needed most to pressing ecological problems. So, I mean, that's when he talks about adaptation, that means rather than trying to stop climate change, let's do the things that will allow us to live with whatever changes are occurring. And that is much less expensive and, and frankly, the safer approach to take until until there is proof. And I don't think that, frankly, there isn't proof that, that it's causing catastrophic climate change. Well, well, climate change, I could see climate change happening, but it's always happened as far as I know as the earth has existed. But what these people claim all the time is human-caused climate change. And I always kind of have to laugh about it because if we could control climate change, why does it get so cold in the winter and so hot in the summer? Obviously, and then I, I'm sorry, I say it, this is the atheist. These are the people. They don't want to accept the fact that we are not as powerful as they want to believe that we are. We do not have as much control over things that happen around us as they would like to believe. Roy Innes in 2008 pointed out that uh, 85% of our energy was from fossil fuel. And he pointed out that it would be impossible to overnight eliminate fossil fuel. It would have to be a very gradual process. So now 20, uh, how many years later, I guess 14 years later, uh, according to uh, Department of Energy statistics, 80% of our fuel is now provided by fossil fuels. So there's been an increase in wind and solar and other things. Interestingly, not an increase in atomic energy, which also doesn't pollute. Uh, which which highlights how crazy it is for us to not 
develop that type of energy. But uh, the, so the, 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 in drawing all this together, today, the United States and the world is facing an economic downturn because, in part because, at least in part because of the drastic environmental policies that our nation is instituting. And frankly, we are a little behind Europe, who has had started some of these drastic uh, climate change measures before us. But interestingly, many European nations are regretting their efforts because they don't believe in that they are as bad as, as was predicted, and they've caused terrible damage. And so the United States was not as fast as some of them to get on board, but, uh, but now more and more people are, are opposed to some of these draconian measures. Paul, I just want to bring up one other point. It just hit me. I'd forgot all about this, but I want people to think about this. If climate change is this important, I'm going to ask people, then I'm going to give them my answer. What is the cleanest source of energy we have today? What is the Where you told me hydrogen, water and hydrogen. Well, the hydrogen. But no, I'm going to tell you, it's something else too, is nuclear energy. We are the grandfather of nuclear energy, if you will, as a country. We have fewer nuclear energy plants than almost other industrialized nations that have them. Switzerland has more than we do. France has more. You can see them when you go over to Switzerland. I've seen them. You can see them within view of the towns. Three Mile Island, they had an iodine leak. Nobody died from that. I can show you all the people that have died in coal-fired power plants just because anytime you got heavy materials, people die in it. But because of irrational fears, we will not use nuclear energy. I know what happened over in Chernobyl. I was very fascinated. I got my grandsons interested in that because it was basically burning to the center of the earth. I didn't know. Do you know what the the temperatures can reach in the middle of a nuclear reactor? No. 100 million degrees. I mean, the temperatures are amazing. It was burning. But here's what's interesting about Chernobyl. Nobody's gone back in, but they've been watching it with remote cameras. The wildlife is back in, and they seem to be doing okay. It's amazing because... Nuclear energy, like the bomb, which we did on Hiroshima, and when you blow something up like that, it dissipates quickly. It's when it's in the form where it just escapes unused. That's when it does can be 20,000 years of gamma ray damage. Hmm. Well, we're going to bring this discussion to a conclusion. I, I just want uh, the Biden administration, their policies to recognize that they are in large part responsible for the current economic problems we're having. There's not enough discussion of them, and they certainly contributed. And it's not based on science. It's based on speculation. It's based on the recommendations of the ICPP. uh, No, IPCC, UN, which has uh, been supporting the climate change uh, agenda for years and even but they've manipulated the science and are unreliable. And uh, it's time for us to recognize that, that this is a hoax. It's time to recognize that uh, it, we need to change course. It's time for us to have a debate about the science so people recognize it has not been proven that fossil fuel use is causing catastrophic climate change. If I can just say one other thing, yeah. Paul, if I'll say it, 
I'll just say his first name, a very wise man. When I first started working, his name was Jack. He was a senior official in the government. He and uh, another gentleman named Rex told me something I've never forgotten. It says, they told me when I was an intern, it's like, Rodney, when something doesn't make sense, just follow the money and it will get clear very quickly. And I will tell you with this climate change, you start following the money, you will, for, for us little guys out there, follow the money. Because if it was based on carbon-based fuels and all, I can tell you, I can't speak for the listeners, but you come to where a town just outside where I live, there's so many businesses closed up. I could tell you the carbon footprint is a lot less now because these businesses are no well, longer in business. They're well, not using anything. I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I cover in the book, The Climate Change Hoax Argument, is how the scientific community has been compromised by the money. Because you can get money if your proposed scientific project will advance the climate change agenda. There's money for that. And this has tainted our science. Well, that brings our discussion to a conclusion today. We hope you enjoyed it. Just remember the liberties we enjoy in America can be maintained only by its citizens being moral and informed participants in the democratic processes closing argument will help us to do this. Until we meet again, this is Paul Smith. See you next time. Bye-bye.